Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Uh, Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, for the things that bring us together here this morning, the fact that we can humbly assemble in your name, that we might lift it on high. Lord, when we're down, you pick us up, and when we're dry, you fill us up, and we thank you. We thank you for your love and your mercy in the hard times, in the good times, and in the everyday mundane life. We lift these things up in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so this week we're in Psalm 65. If you want to open your... Wow. If you want to open your Bibles to Psalm 65 and follow along, you're more than welcome to. Uh, Otherwise, it's on the screen. But uh, I just... I know that I've said this quite a few times the last month or so, but I always think it's cool that we actually take the time to just read through the passage we're going to go through together as a church. Uh, and I think, that the, um, I think that the communal reading of Scripture is just important. And I think it's beautiful. So here we go, Psalm 65. It says, Praise awaits you, our God, in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer to you, all people, will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those who choose you and bring near to your to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. Your answer is with awesome and righteous deeds. God our savior the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. Who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. Those living far away, fear your wonders. Where morning dawns and evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain, for so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the desert overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. They shout for joy and sing. I want to invite you guys to shout for joy and sing in worship. Lord, we Thank you for another beautiful cold morning uh, to come and praise your name. Thank you for getting everybody here safely. Uh, God, we thank you for just the blessing of living in a country where it's free to come together in a group of, I don't know, 
100, 125 people. However many are here today, Lord. You have them counted, I don't. I think so does Gene Groves. But anyway, um, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the freedom to come here, and we thank you for those who have fought for that freedom, to preserve it. Lord, we pray that you would soften our hearts and minds and help us to glean what you would have for us to learn today. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, kiddos, you can go off to Children's Church. Everybody else, I'll be a little more gracious this week. I'll say you are invited to sit down. How's that? Good morning. Anybody else tired this morning? Yeah. Last night was one of those nights where I went to bed at like 10 o'clock, but I didn't fall asleep until almost 1 in the morning. Um, so I'm a little bit sleepier than I would normally be on a Sunday. Uh, but hanging in there. Keep on trucking, right? And it doesn't make sense that I couldn't sleep either. I, um, I went and I helped a buddy install a fence yesterday, which yesterday was not good fence installing weather. As someone who installed fences as a summer job, I can tell you, yesterday, not optimal fencing weather. Um, but he, he really needed it. Uh, he wanted to get the, the holes dug and the posts in the ground before things really froze up uh, so that he could uh, let his dog out and not have to worry about it. Uh, he lives in town, so um, yeah. And he's a youth pastor at another church, so it was, it was a cool... It's a cool, a cool opportunity. Ugh. But it was good, and it was, it was a very different sort of fellowship than this morning. Um, we're warm and we're cozy. You guys are sitting down in plush little cozy seats. There's even blankets there if you're a little chilly. I want to invite you to feel at home in the house of the Lord this morning. That'll be one of my points. I know it's a bit of a spoiler. But I really just want to hit that home. God wants us to feel welcome in his sanctuary. Starting in verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 65. Let's get into it. It says, Praise awaits you, our God in Zion. To you, our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer to you, all people will come. So, different translations say quite different things in this particular verse. There are sometimes where the verses line up and they say pretty much the same thing across the board. But I really liked this one. This is the, this is the translation I often use when I'm doing devotions and whatnot. Um, I've actually thought about doing a sermon on different Bible translations. If you're interested in that, write it on your Connect card and maybe we'll do it as a sermon just a shameless plug for the Connect card. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it helps us track who's here. It helps us track your prayer requests. Uh, and you can do things like recommend sermons. So they're pretty neat. But this verse, I'm okay with that. Well, I get it too, and so does Jen. All three of us read every single Connect card we get. Um, she reads them because uh, it helps us keep track of contact information uh, and prayer requests, which she puts on the little prayer chain thing. Um, 
or the letter. There's, a, there's like a sheet of prayer requests on the Narthex table if you're ever interested in that. It's updated every week. Um, that way we can keep praying together for things that pop up in our lives. I know this is a side tangent, but I think it's cool that our church does stuff like this, and when we don't announce it, sometimes people can go years and years and say, oh, I never knew we did that. So there's, there's some info for you, some intel. But anyway, this verse, this scripture... In a different translation, it says, There will be silence before you, and praise in Zion, O Lord. So in the NIV, in the NIV, there we are, it says, Praise awaits you in Zion. But in the NASB, it says, There will be silence before you, and praise in Zion. And I thought that that was really interesting. Because when I picture... Well, I I picture two drastically different things, right? There's silence, like when you're in the library and you start to talk to your friend about something and then the librarian's like, shh, that's silence. See, silence. But then praise, we had a whole band up here to do praise. It was, I wouldn't say boisterous, well, it was boisterous when you were practicing. I don't know what happened with the soundboard there, but that's okay. Those things happen sometimes. That's life. But it's good that we can praise, that we can shout for joy. That's awesome. That's important. But it's hard to have silence and shouting at the same time, right? So I thought that that was just a really interesting juxtaposition. And I guess the way that I saw this happening and this might, just be, this might just be in my little Brentley brain, but the, what I was picturing was there was silence in awe and reverence before the Lord. And whether the praise happened in their hearts or after a moment of being humble, after a moment of taking in the Lord, then erupted praise with a shout, with a loudness, with a glee, with a joy. There's that silence and praise going on. So I want to encourage you to stop and think about your life, about what you do when you come before the Lord in your own personal life or here in church. Do you take a moment of silence and say, wow, God is so big. He's so powerful. He's so strong. He's so loving. And just kind of take it in. Do you shout for joy? You say, woohoo, I'm forgiven. Do you do both? Do you do one and then the other? Do you maybe sit in that silence while your heart is overflowing with joy? I want to encourage you to do both of those things, whether you do them at the same time, whether you do them separately, or whether you set aside a time to do one and then a time to do the other. I want to encourage you that both the silence and the praising are good. They're called for. Another way to think of that silence might be meditation. Not the om, empty your mind, be one with the universe thing, but meditating on the word of God. Meditating on what he's doing in your life, what his word, his scripture says, and how we can apply it to our lives. And then praise, I mean, we, we do that every Sunday, and it's obvious, right? We come together and we praise him. We also praise him through our actions, through our deeds, and through recognizing who he is.
I just, I, that, that silence and praise really stuck out to me, how they were just next to each other. That was my first kind of point for you. The next couple verses. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those who choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. Other translations uh, in this verse have the better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere thrown in there. Better is one day in the presence of the Lord. Better is one day in his courts. Now, maybe you don't feel that way necessarily about church. Maybe you wouldn't rather spend one day in church than a thousand at Waldemere or Disneyland or the beaches on Hawaii or in bed sleeping. I want to encourage you to seek joy, to find that peace in the house of the Lord. He wants us says to bring near to live in his courts. He wants us to call it home. I found a picture of what I pictured to be like the stereotypical. If somebody tells a little kid to draw their house, what it would look like. The little triangle on top of a square with a door and a tree. We are called to feel at home in the house of the Lord, to be a family, to be united, to seek comfort. When you think about home, there are definitely days where you would rather be pretty much anywhere other than home. There are days where you need a vacation, you need to get away from your house. But, when you're done with a vacation, and you're about five, ten minutes from home, or when you first open the door of your house, or maybe after a long day of work, you take off your boots, you open the door, and you're home. There's nothing like that feeling. And that's how God is asking us to feel about being in His house. He wants to be our Father. He wants to invite us to live in His house. Now, I'm not saying we all need to bring sleeping bags and move in next Sunday. Though I think Dan might be, no, he's still going to be traveling. Dang it. That would be a lot of fun, though. And that would really confuse him. But anyway, the point is we're supposed to feel at home here. And if you don't feel at home, I want to invite you to get connected. Because I think that that's one of those things that helps us keep a distance, whether we're doing it on purpose intentionally or whether it's something subconscious that we're doing. But if we're not plugged in with community here, it's easy to just come for a couple hours on a Sunday morning and then book it and not really think about church until next Sunday. But if you're connected, if you reach out, if you know the names of the people sitting around you, if you're involved in a Sunday school group, it becomes something more. It allows us to have that sense of community. Because it's not just being here, singing a couple songs, hearing a few Bible verses, throwing a few dollars in the plate, and going home feeling better about yourself. 
It's then being connected to a family, to a community, to a home. So if you're not connected in something like a Sunday school or like coming to Wednesday night, there's a couple of different groups that meet up on Wednesday night. Uh, if you're unaware, I'm going to have another shameless plug for church stuff. At 6.30, we open the doors for the kids, uh, and they run around like hooligans in the gym, and they play dodgeball, and they bring out basketballs, and it's, it's a hoot and a half. Uh, I feed them junk food, and um, yeah, more or less. Mark said, get them wound up and send them home. We play games, and we teach them Bible lessons. For some of the older kids, uh, we'll sing a couple praise songs, um, and in my age bracket, which is like second-ish, first-ish, third-ish grade. It kind of depends on maturity level and the desires of the kid. We don't have a hard and fast. Once you're this old, you're in my group, and once you're younger than that, you're in Kenny and Darlene's group. But it's, it's around that age where we just kind of separate them. And the older kids come with Steve, Sarah, and I, and the younger kids are with Kenny and or Darlene. And we go and we learn about the Lord and we play games and we pray together and we sing together. And it's a beautiful time to get the kids feeling connected, to help them open up about the things going on in their life, and to just have fun. Now, I know that it might not necessarily work super well with some of your work schedules. It starts at 7 o'clock, the lessons and stuff. And so you might not get home until 6, and you're like, well, how am I going to eat dinner, or how am I going to, you know, whatever. I get that it might be tough for some people, but I just wanted to let you know, that's an option. And for the grown-ups, there are two different classes. There is one that is led by Isaiah Ike Bartlett, uh, and that one's tailored a little bit more towards people in their 20s and 30s, give or take. Uh, it's a, that one's a loose age group, too. And then there is... Pastor Dan's Wednesday night group. And that one is for pretty much anybody who wants to come there. Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of like young kids, but I've seen people who are in the latter years of high school in that group um, on upward. So I want to encourage you. If you're not plugged into something like that, if you don't have a Sunday school to come to, those are great ways to feel at home in the Lord to be connected in a community and to be challenged to grow. Because when you're in a group like that, it's, it's like the Cheers theme song. You're in a place where everybody knows your name. Everybody knows a little bit about you, enough to keep you accountable, enough to challenge you to grow, and enough to recognize your gifts and say, hey, you would be great at this. Or I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you you know, give an answer, you're really well thought out, and you go back to the scripture, and that's really insightful. Maybe you'd be good at teaching. Those are some things that we can miss if we're by ourselves, if we're not in community. I know that I've just thrown a whole lot at you, but I just really, I wanted to challenge you to make sure you felt at home here, that you feel connected to others. Because Christianity is not a solo activity. Never has been. So I just really wanted to hit that one home. <laughs> hit it home, see? Uh, home, yeah. 
Thanks. I'll, I'll be here all week because I work here. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Maybe. You answer us with awesome and righteous deed. God, our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. I don't know if this reminded you guys of any stories, but it reminded me, oh, reminded me of Jesus. He was taking a nap, enjoying himself, getting nice and cozy in the back of the ship, and there was a storm a-brewing. His disciples were freaking out. They woke him up from his nap, and Jesus came out, and he said to the seas, five more minutes, and he went back to bed. <laughs> Not quite, but <laughs> he stilled the waves with a word. That was, the, that was the BCV, the Brentley Contemporary Version on, the, on that story. But in all seriousness, he was so at peace that he wasn't worried about the storm. And his disciples, who were fishermen, which meant that they were on boats pretty regularly and knew a thing or two about being on a boat in a storm, they were freaking out. This was a, this was a big storm. It was a big conundrum. And Jesus stilled it with his voice. Well, long before this story happened, David recognized God's ability to bring peace in the storm, his ability to move mountains and still the seas. David saw God's power and recognized it. So, today's sermon is about being thankful in the everyday life, right? So whether you're feeling like you're caught in the seas or like the next few verses where things are happy and cheerful, we're all called to praise God. The reason I had that video about being bored is because life sometimes can be or feel repetitive. And it can get, I, I don't quite want to say boring, but I mean, sometimes you go into work and you feel like you did the same thing that you did the day before. And then you have leftovers for dinner. And then you watch the same television show that you watched the week before because you have a habit ingrained in that. And, you know, at 8.30, it's time to watch. I, I don't know what's on at 8.30. I don't have an antenna at my house. I just use streaming services. But, um, yeah, yeah, I have no, no cable, no antenna. I don't watch local anything. Um, the only thing I would watch was would be uh, the weather if it were reliable or the news if it were reliable, but they aren't, so I don't. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> All right, so anyway, point is sometimes we, we get in these doldrums. We get caught in these cycles in life, and it feels like we're just droning on and on. Sometimes we get bored. But you know what? In those times, in those moments, we are blessed by so many things and we're just simply overlooking them because we've gotten used to them and we're taking them for granted. Whether that's being thankful for the job that the Lord has provided you with, even though you're doing the same paperwork you did last week, 
whether it's the same family members who argue and squabble about the same things when you come home, whether it's just being in the same environment and and not having seen something that seems or feels new or exciting or novel. There's so much to be thankful for. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. Creation itself is praising God's name. As the sun sets or rises in the morning, creation is praising him. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with waters to provide the people with grain. For so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften with showerings and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The Lord takes care of our needs. He meets them. And we should be thankful for that. While we might see this as, oh, David's praising the Lord for a year of abundance. Maybe he's just praising the Lord for the bounty that he's given. Maybe it's not necessarily an abundance so much as it is a perspective. You can view having just enough to get by to pay your bills and have a little left over in the bank as an abundance. In fact, statistically speaking in the world, it is an abundance. There's a lot of people who don't even have a bank account, let alone have money in it. We have so much to be thankful for, and we do have an abundance, even if we might overlook it, even if we might not think of it that way. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks, and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy. And sing. I always think it's so cool picturing the hills singing for the glory of the Lord. I'm not going to sing the sound of music, but it kind of comes to mind, right? The hills are alive with the sound of music and they're praising God. I don't know when the last time you just went and just kind of sat outside in the silence for a little bit was. I think that that's what Dan likes about hunting. I know it's one of the things I enjoy about hunting. You're out there and you are in silence other than just the sounds of nature around you. Or maybe you chewing on a snack if you've you know, been sitting there for a long time and you're getting a little chilly and you need something to do. It's a blessing to just sit in creation and listen to the birds, to hear the wind blow through the trees, and to just bask in the glory of God's creation. 
Even if you're not into hunting, I invite you guys to go out and take a walk through a park that's nearby. You don't have to be out there for four hours before the sun comes up and wear a bright orange vest to enjoy God's creation. It's a good way to do it. But there's so many ways that we can just go out there and listen. I want to challenge you guys, what are you thankful for? If the hills themselves are singing because they have clover growing on them, I think we can be thankful for the blessings that we have. And I think we should. There's a famous hymn, right? Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. There's so much that he's doing in our everyday lives. I have a, I have a kind of silly praise this morning. I didn't share it because it's, it's almost kind of silly, but I bought a new vacuum cleaner this week. Now, I was, so when I moved in, I had my, I think my grandmother gave a vacuum to my dad when he moved out of the house. It was a Hoover upright with a bag um, I don't remember what the series was, but the guy at the, I, I pulled up a picture of what it looked like when I bought my new vacuum, uh, because I, I tried to take it into Yaples and have it serviced when it broke. Um, like three days into living on my own, I was vacuuming and there was a loud bang and my vacuum cleaner stopped and I went, oh, well, you know, that's kind of, this is my first time vacuuming in this house and now all of a sudden my vacuum is no longer functioning. This is not a good sign. Um, so I took it into Yaples, and they had stopped making that part because my vacuum cleaner was from the 70s. Um, and so I, I guess it hadn't stopped making it that long ago. It was the blower motor that had gone. Uh, and they said, yeah, they just stopped making that part like, I don't know, a year ago, six months ago, whatever. It's not available anymore. You can't get it anywhere. You're going to need a new vacuum. Well, the Lord provided me with a vacuum. I showed up at my house two days. I hadn't even told that many people that my vacuum had died. And there on my porch was a Hoover wind tunnel. I don't know who it came from. I could make a couple guesses, but I don't know. But it was there. And I was like, oh my gosh, praise Jesus. I have a vacuum cleaner. This is awesome. Because I also had to buy things like nicer pots and pans than I had. I had some pots and pans when I went to college, but they were the like cheapest ones I could get at Walmart. And I'd burned the finish on a couple of them, and it was just, it was not a good day. The handles were really uncomfortable, um, and so I just bought some, like, new cookware and things. Uh, and, oh, and a mattress. Um, I bought a mattress because I, I wanted my own bed, um, and my sisters also needed beds when I moved out, so, um, yeah, I had to buy things like a mattress and pots and pans, and so my bank account was a little thin, and I was not excited at the prospect of finding a vacuum cleaner. Well, Having been working here for a couple of years, I've, I've been able to harrow away a little bit in savings, you know, a little bit every month, just kind of tuck it aside. And I was finally feeling ready to buy a new vacuum because I have three pets in my house. And no normal sane vacuum cleaner wants to keep up with three pets and that much carpeting. Uh, and so I bought myself a SIBO vacuum cleaner from Yaples. And when I vacuum my carpet, and I ran my hand back over it, and I didn't have a handful of pet hair, 
oh, was I excited. I know that that's a silly little thing to praise the Lord for, but man, I was excited about this vacuum cleaner. That's just one of the many, many things that I have to be thankful for in this world, is my new vacuum cleaner. And I was so thankful for the vacuum cleaner that I had before, too. But I'm even more thankful now, right? Sometimes it's just the little things. There's often a family tradition, not every family does this. I think our family's done it a couple of times. But on Thanksgiving, before you could eat, you have to say what you're thankful for. At least one thing. I want to encourage you guys to go home and count your blessings. Make a list of the things that you are thankful for. I want you to be able to praise God on a normal weekday night because you've got a new vacuum cleaner. I want you to be able to praise God on a normal weekday night because you came home and you had a beautiful family waiting there for you when you came home from work. And they're excited to tell you about their day. I want you to be thankful for the dog who gets their muddy paws on your carpet, which you just vacuumed with your new vacuum cleaner. There's so many things to praise the Lord for. And I just really want to hit home that even on a normal day, in the small little things that you do, every day is an opportunity to praise the Lord. And so I want to encourage you to praise Him on a Tuesday. You know, Tuesday used to be my least favorite day of the week. That's why I picked it as my day off. This is, this is free information for each and every one of you. See, I viewed Tuesday as the lull in the week. There wasn't like anything going on at the church at Tuesday night. It wasn't Monday anymore, and everybody complains about Mondays. So you kind of have like a free pass on Monday to not really enjoy Monday. But you can also talk about what you did in the weekend. Well, on Tuesday, you've already told everybody about your weekend. You're not halfway through the week. There's nothing going on at church that night. And you're pretty much just as tired as you were on Monday. On Wednesday, you've got the Wednesday night thing. You're halfway through the week. Thursday, the next day's Friday. And then on Friday, you've got the weekend coming, spend time with your family, you know, go out and do things. But to me, Tuesday was a bummer. I want you to be able to praise God on your Tuesdays. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for tomorrow, even though it hasn't even come yet. I thank you for yesterday, even though it was cold and long. I thank you for the fact that we can come and praise you, that you have given us so many blessings from the smallest things in life to salvation and an opportunity to be united with you and to call your church our home. God, we thank you. 
for your love, for your glory and your strength, and for a new day to praise your name. Amen.